Colleen whispered as she slowly approached her parents' bed. With only a candle to light her way, she moved slowly, not wanting to bump into anything and possibly drip hot wax on her hand. Moving gingerly, she tried to will her eyes to see deeper into the darkened room. Dad? She whispered again. I'm over here, honey, her dad said. Seth McGinnis was already up and getting ready by the time Colleen came in the room. Grabbing his Colt 1911 pistol, he placed it in the small of his back, making sure the grip was on the outside of his shirt for easy access. Finally, he picked up his flashlight and walked past Colleen as he headed to the bedroom door, which was still open from when Colleen entered. Stay close behind, he said as he walked out of his room and towards the family room. Colleen followed close behind her dad, using his light to help her move quickly through the darkened house. When they reached the family room, they found her older brother Mike waiting for them. Someone is approaching from the back. Been standing there now for maybe five minutes, Mike said, without looking at Colleen or their dad, keeping his eyes and the barrel of his M4 rifle locked on the man in the shadows. Seth walked up next to Mike, looked through the sliding glass door out towards the darkened black yard. The moon was half-exposed that night, so it provided some light, but not really enough to see anything, other than dark shadows and darker shadows. He peered out a few moments longer before turning towards Mike. Cover me. With his right hand on the grip of his pistol, he unlocked the sliding door, opened it, and stepped out. Having taken only a few steps into the half-lit night, he stopped, removed his hand from his pistol, and made a quick waving motion pausing to look side to side for a moment and then waved again. Still no movement, he yelled out in a hushed whisper, Will you hurry up? Come on, before anyone sees you. The man from the shadows half ran, half walked, right up to him. Once there he clasped his hands together and murmured out a plea, Mr. McGinnis, please, you have to help me. Seth just forcefully grabbed the man's left shoulder and dragged him back into the house. Once inside, he instructed Mike to watch for anyone trailing. During the first week of the blackout, there was a real feeling of camaraderie amongst neighbors as they pulled together, telling each other that the lights will be on tomorrow, always tomorrow. By the beginning of week two, things started to turn a bit more savage. People who used to bring fruit salads and seven-layer dip to the neighborhood block party are now hiding in the dark, clutching their sharpest kitchen knife, too frightened to even come out of their homes. With food supplies, and more importantly water nearing critical levels, people quickly went from asking politely for help to demanding or taking by force. Seth was quick to see this coming, quicker than most, and was ready, pulling his family in close. He had done his best keeping the demanding and threatening ones at bay, and never letting anyone inside, making his current actions of pulling someone inside very unique. Seth escorted the man into the center of the house so that they could talk with the assistance of a flashlight without drawing attention from the night creepers. These were hordes of miscreants who looked for any sign of powered light, such as flashlights, propane-powered lights, or generator-powered lights. Once found, they would pounce upon the house, stripping it clean. "'Where is your family? We don't have much time,' Seth asked. Confused a bit from being dragged into the house and the unrelenting stress of the past two weeks, the man spoke up. "'Mr. McGinnis, it is I, Miel Isidros. I live down the street, the blue house. I—' "'Mr. Isidros, I know exactly who you are. I just have to ask you one thing. Will you keep up your end?' 
Seth asked, placing his right hand on Miguel's shoulder. To his own surprise, Miguel knew exactly what Seth was talking about. Earlier in the night, Miguel was told to come here to get help. Looking directly back at Seth, he responded, Yes, I will keep my end of the bargain. Just please, please help me and my family. Seth patted Miguel's shoulder, then quickly left without saying anything else to the man from down the road. Instead, he walked back to where Mike was watching guard. Mike, I want you and Dave to go on a run. We need to pick up a woman and... Pausing to look over towards Miguel. Is it three kids? Miguel nodded in agreement. So, a woman and their three children. Get them. Only them. We don't have a lot of room. I'm going to get things together. We're leaving here tomorrow. <laughs>